what brings you to my door so late at night? Eager guests to get into the frightful festivities we have planned? Very well then, let's get started. Well, hi guys. Hi! Welcome to another episode of Wine and Dine. I'm Megan. I'm Ashley. And this is our ghost host! Hello! <laughs> David's back. It's only fitting. He is our, uh, if you guys haven't listened to our intro outros for some reason, I don't know why you're skipping those, but that mm. is the voice of Wine and Dine. And he's also the creepiest voice that I know of, so. Yeah. He gets to be our ghost host! For the month of October, for creepy, horror, spooky things. Yay! Not really, because I'm the biggest fat chicken in the world. I don't know. I could give you a run for your money. Well, yeah, you're more a horror fiend than I am. I don't do horror. I so. just enjoy being scared, but I'm very, I'm very easily scared. Let, let's save some of this wonderfulness for later when we get <laughs> into the subject. Okay. So, what do you got for us, ghost host? Okay. So, before we even start having this conversation about the things that go bump in our books, <laughs> I got I to gotta label, I got to set some ground rules here for a minute. Okay. okay. Three, three important rules to keep in mind when choosing and or reading horror, or at least things I've found. Okay. Rule one, horror is subjective. Probably wondering what that means yes horror is specific to the individual what i find scary probably this is the same thing as ashley does or you do or the random person our listener happens to be sitting next to on the bus <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the first thing horror is subjective rule number two you also have to be aware of why you like and are reading horror are you reading it because you actually enjoy being scared, or is there something else you get out of your horror experience? Things are these. That is something to always keep in mind when selecting your horror book. Suffice to say, people don't always read horror because they need a good scare. Some people read it for a bunch of other reasons we'll get into. And rule number three, and this one is very important in horror, that these two had to learn the hard way. <laughs> is know what you can and can't stomach in your horror experience. This is very important. Because the one time they let me pick a horror book, oh I was the only one who finished said horror book. Most people raged quit after the first chapter. I didn't, because it was after the fourth chapter, thank oh, you. Oh yeah, very no, much. I only made it to the fourth chapter too. So I'm the only one who finished. They broke rules two and three. <laughs> Did that... Okay, yeah, we broke. Them. You broke the rules. It's true. So yeah. here's here's our first recommendation. You might have heard this brought up mm -hmm. before. Things written by Clive Barker, and if you're familiar with that name, he is the gentleman who has popularized the Hellraiser series of movies. Most people don't realize that is a series of novels. They are just as creepy as the movies can be, if not worse, because of the level of language that is used. Yeah, I'd say that's a fair statement. 
level of language is putting it lightly. You didn't like the language. I couldn't handle the gore aspect of the link of, of that book. I don't mind the gore so much. It's he's just an interesting individual. Okay, so to take a step back, what about this horror book bothered you so much? Like explain why the language bothered you. I'm not even sure if I can. It's been so long since I've... Re- I mean, it's been an entire year since I've read that book. Or read four chapters of said book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. It just wasn't my skis. I, I, I don't know. I don't okay, know how to, to, to go into a different... To explain this differently, what don't you like in your horror experience? I like uh, more suspense thriller... And Clyde Barger to me is more of a how weirded out can I possibly make you? Okay, so that's a good point because horror, for it to work, has to make you uncomfortable. For sure. That is how it works. Like, if it doesn't make you uncomfortable, it can't scare you. Mm -hmm. So the precision of his language in the book and the level of detail he is using to explain in the book, explain things... Is supposed to make you uncomfortable. What about you? My issue is I don't like gore, like any type of what? It, what was it? You say body gore? Okay. To add context, you I don't. Get, you don't. It's called You don't like gore and body horror. Okay. And there is a lot of that in that series. And yeah. what I mean by body horror is the typical surface level of it is, you know, your slashing, your slasher flicks, things like that, your violence, so mm-hmm. to speak. What body horror does is it am- it amps that up more. Mm-hmm. So like the idea of you wa- you reading or watching a scene where it's going into detail that, you know, the killer is hacking someone's arm and stitching it to their forehead. Yeah. But healing them this way, but the aren't it's See, it's twist it's why. the twisting and bending of the human form in a violent way. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley she's over here she like, can't. no, keep me away from it. <laughs> I literally turn green. Like I can't even I can't no which is so funny because we we went and saw um ready or not and i sat through all of that yeah but the only parts where you got freaked out were the parts where were like oh god there's violence like the kid shoots her hand and that didn't wig me out it was the fact that then a rusted nail went through the hole and I'm just like, oh, I can't do it. Uh, I can't. Because, oh, like, it's... I can't even. Like, I almost, I didn't, I didn't ch- up chuck. I, like, you could tell, like, I was not okay. The queasiness was there. You see, some people, like, enjoy that thrill, though. No. And there are some people that don't. You. I'm used to it. Yeah. Like, I know what I want in my horror experience. In general, mm-hmm. and like part of that is that it's supposed to scare me and make me uncomfortable. But I also understand like I, I have a high 
tolerance and an open mind when it comes to horror. For sure. Most people don't. And the reason why most people don't is because most people don't want to deal with some of the subject matter that comes that comes up in horror. So a perfect example would have been that first chapter, how it was very violent in like a sexual way, you yeah. know what I mean? Mhm. Not the first chapter was him setting everything up. Yeah, he said it the box. Yeah, and he opened it and then the Cenobite came out and like he want he desired to feel pleasure and he felt it in like a violent, violent sexual way. way. Like I thought that was, was chapter both, two. It was both chapter one and two. Like, the beginning of the book. To, Within the first four chapters. To bring it back. Like most people don't think that violence and sex go hand in hand. Well, and, crazy, yes. and that idea of putting it together to some people is very unnerving and uncomfortable. Well, it's just like the orgy scene in the book It. There's an orgy scene that they keep out of the movie. Yeah, for obvious reasons. Yeah, because it involves children. I mean, duh. <laughs> I skipped that part. Most. So, like, to segue into that author, like... I did a lot of, like, speed reading in those four chapters, so... Yeah. <laughs> I I sped read that the four chapters. Another thing read. is body horror. Yeah. Like that's another thing. Violence against like women or children is another thing that makes people uncomfortable. <sighs> like most people don't want to read a horror story where unfortunately young children are susceptible to the violence. Okay. Like yeah. most I can agree I, with that. Whereas I feel like that is an agreeable like nitpick. No, I, I agree with that. I think that's that's true. Most people, that's very taboo, yeah. just in general. I so think. what? So like, that's a thing that can put people off in a horror in a horror novel setting is that the author does not hold back in the violence mm. against everybody is a can be a victim of the violence. Right. To with that being said, what do you guys want? in your horror novels what do you like is there like a common trope thing or is there a specific itch that you want scratched when you're reading something spooky i think mine has to at least be a page turner for me like i have to really be like it has to engross me yeah right off the bat if it's a slow build even in regular books i get annoyed and i put it down almost nowadays like if yeah. it doesn't catch my attention i have a hard time going through it now i have to have a book that does not have any type of body maybe minimal body horror yeah i would probably say minimal to no so maybe more of a, a like you said a thriller aspect mm -hmm. um i know there's one that everybody's been talking about and i wanted to get your opinion on it david okay okay it's called lock every door it's by Rally Sager. And the premise is, is the main character is, she's like a, a house. You like pay her to like stay at your house, like watch your house. Okay. Like a house sitter? Yeah. But it's in a hotel. Okay. And there's rules to the hotel. You want to hear these things? These are great. Like this is, I, I really do. I think it would be an interesting thing to read. It says, no visitors, no nights spent away from the apartment, no disturbing the other residents, all of whom are rich or famous or both, 
These are the only rules for Julie Larson's new job as an apartment sitter at the Bartholomew, one of Manhattan's most high-profile pro high and mysterious buildings. Recently heartbroken and just plain, and just plain broke, Julie is taken in by the splendor of the surroundings and the aspects that... As, ah, la, la, I'm sorry, I'm really not doing well to get at my speech. <laughs> uh, Julie is taken in by the splendor of her surroundings and accepts the terms ready to leave her past behind. As she gets to know the residents and staff of the Bartholomew, Julie finds herself drawn to fellow apartment sitter in Ingrid, who confrontingly disturbingly reminds her of the sister she lost eight years ago. When Ingrid confides that the Bartholomew is not what it seems and the dark history hidden beneath its gleaming facade is starting to frighten her, Julie brushes it off as a harmless ghost story until the next day when Ingrid disappears. Ooh. That sounds like a, like a supernatural ghost type story. I thought it kind of made me feel like Twilight Zone-y, and I love Twilight Zone. I could see why, but I did not get that initial impression at first. Okay. To me, it kind of seemed like 1408, in a way, like an homage to 1408, the Stephen okay. King story, mm -hmm. about the author who stays in the haunted hotel room, and the yeah. haunted hotel room twists in mind, tw twists... His imagination and forces him to like relive certain things and like right. that kind of that kind of strangeness, you know okay. what I mean? Like, but that's horror. Is it that not? is horror? That's horror for you. Okay, well, what kind of like what kind of horror would that be? Like, you know how we talk uh, about there's so many genres within genre. I would say it is a supernatural thriller. It, yeah. It's it's the mystery. It's why is the hotel the way it is? Why does Ingrid remind her of the sister she lost? Why is she naturally? You get what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. like, there's a thousand and ones way th this could go. This could be once you check in, you don't check out. Uh, the twisting of innocence into something malevolent. That's you get what I'm saying. Okay. It could be. It also sounds like there's little to no body horror, or if there is body horror, it may not be like the main like driving force. No, it sounds like it's. Let's see if I can twist your perception of something and cause you to doubt the things the author is telling you in the story. And that can make you uncomfortable. Like, not... So, the non-truthful narrator. The un, the fear of the... Un, yeah. the, the narr You're not sure if the narrator is telling you truth. Therefore, there is an unknown. For some people, fear of the unknown is a, is a thing. Okay. So, for me, I like books that make me feel like they could actually happen. Um, don't be wrong. I, I love a good, like, supernatural book. But, like, if I can find a book about, like, just an everyday serial killer. Nope. Or, or in, in this case, I'm going to talk about a book called Hashtag Murder Trending. So, stuff like... Why can't I... No. What are the Jigsaw thingamajiggies? What the Saw the... movies? Yeah. yeah. The Like, those. Uh, one of the books I was thinking of is, like, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, that's what I was... Yeah, Silence of the Lambs, Red Dragon. Yes. Stuff like that. Stuff, stuff where, where it's... It could happen. Um, this book that I'm talking about, though, is called Hashtag Murder Trending. And it says, Welcome to the near future where good and honest citizens can... Oh, sorry. 
can enjoy watching executions of society's most infamous convicted felons streaming live on the Postman's app from a suburban prison island, Alcatraz 2.0. When 17-year-old Dee Guerrero wakes up in a haze lying on the ground of a dimly lit warehouse, she realizes that she's about to be the next victim of the app. Knowing hardened criminals are getting a taste of their own medicine in this place is one thing, but Dee refuses to roll over and die for a heinous crime she didn't commit. When Dee and her newly formed posse prove... Can Dee and her newly formed posse prove that she's innocent before she ends up wrongfully murdered for the entire world to see? Or will the postman's cast of executioners kill them off one by one? So it Sounds like Death Race. Exactly. That's one of the things that... that it literally sounds book. like fucking Death Race. Yes. Okay, so what's Death Race for the one that sits over here going, I can't even watch a stupid... So, Do you want to explain? it's like... This prison has this underground like racing league where where it has like hardened inmates race in this wacky race style thing, except they can die in it. And the last person that finishes the race can get released. Basically, gets to go free. Okay. And that's literally the whole plot. Okay. And she like sells it on pay per view and makes tons of money. The warden sells it on pay per view and makes all the, it's this whole shit show. Yeah. You watch it for the spectacle, not for the plot. Mm-hmm. But so those are the kind of books that I like. I like a book that can draw me in and make me feel like this could actually happen. Then again, you listen to a lot of murder podcasts. Yes, my favorite murder uh. is on my podcast constantly. I was actually listening to it on the way over here today. Nope. <laughs> nope. Okay. She made me listen to one, and I had nightmares for a week. So my so my selection, <laughs> ironically enough, actually can scratch technically scratch both of your guys' itches. Ooh. Okay. Let's hear it. All right. Give me one second, because now... Ghostbusters is not ready. No, I was ready, and then, like, things just decided to, hey, not work. Tech's not been on our side today. (laughs) No, not at all. This one is called Nosferatu by Joe Hill. Wait, you mean the classic Nosferatu? Oh, this is... It's spelled... It's, but Nosferatu is like spelled like it would fit on a ni- license plate. Oh, I see oh. that. N-O-S-4-A-2. N-O-S-4-A-2. Nosferatu. But That's it's spelled cool. like it's on a license plate. So listen to this and tell me if this isn't something you could, the two of you could see yourself reading together to talk okay. about for Halloween. Okay. Victoria McQueen has an uncanny knack for finding things. A missing bracelet... A missing photograph. Answers to unanswerable questions. When she rides her bicycle over the rickety old covered bridge in the woods near her house, she always emerges in the place she needs to be. Charles Talent Max has a gift of his own. He likes to take children for rides in his 1938 Rolls Royce Wraith. With the vanity license plate NOS 4A2. In the Wraith, he and his innocent guests can slip out of the everyday world and onto hidden roads that lead to astonishing playgrounds of amusement he calls Christmas Land. Oh my god. <laughs> the journey across the highway of Char- Charlie's twisted imaginations transforms his precious passengers, leaving them as terrifying and unstoppable as their benefactor. Then comes the day when Vic goes looking for trouble and finds her way to Charlie. 
That was a lifetime ago. Now, the only kid ever to escape Charlie's evil is all grown up and desperate to forget. But Charlie Mannix hasn't stopped thinking about Victoria McQueen. On the road again, he won't slow down until he's taken his revenge. He's after something very special. Something Vic can never replace. As a life and death battle of wills builds, Vic McQueen prepares to destroy Charlie once and for all. Or die trying. Yes. Okay, what's the title again? It's called Nosferatu. So spell it out since it's a weird... N-O-S-4-A-2. It's also being made into a popular... It's also planning and getting a TV adaptation. Hey! Where? I can't remember who was doing the TV adaptation. I just know this was a thing. I think it might have been AMC, actually. Hey, I'd watch it. See, I think you would enjoy this because... While while some okay. of the imagery and wor- words tie together to a supernatural type thing, that might not be the case. Yeah. And there's a sense of realism as, like, hey, this is possibly happened. This is possibly, like, a serial killer right now. <laughs> Just straight serial killer. Whereas for you, there is a certain, like, mystery of unknown cause you, cause for, because of that fact. Mm-hmm. Is this... Is this supernatural or is it not? Is he just a twisted psycho? Is this as she imagined it or is it something else? Do you get what I mean? It plays with you a little bit. The yeah. au- fear, the fact that the author w- would be afraid, yeah, means panic. Panic means doubt. Doubt means you a level of deception there right. that leaves you not knowing what's really going on. Right, and it sounds like it would engross me too. Yeah, so it, w- it would sound like it would capture me pretty quickly. And keep me entertained too. Like I, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. You married a scaredy cat, like hardcore. <laughs> no, can't even handle like. What's that guy on YouTube that you like that does the reviews of Found Flicks? Found Flicks. God love him. <laughs> I, I really, he does a really great job. But I go running every time that man comes on TV. <laughs> like no joke. I'm just like, I I can't, I can't do it, bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. And David's like, he's just going to make jokes. And I'm like, that's great. <laughs> I'm going to be in the bedroom. Have fun. Bye. Bye. So, another thing that I really like about horror is specifically two-sentence horror stories. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of those. Yes, no, I have. I have not. Uh, here's just a quick example of one. Mm-hmm. My sister says that mommy killed her. Mommy says that I don't have a sister. I love it. They're just two-sentence horror stories. Okay. There's a picture of me and my phone sleeping. I live alone. Oh. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 <laughs> you hear your mom calling you in the kitchen. As you're heading down the stairs, you hear a whisper from the closet saying, Don't go down there, honey. I heard it too. You want to know which one's my favorite? Which one? Every night I wake up to the sound of my daughter crying. It's been a week now. Every day I have to visit her grave to tell her to stop. I've seen that one. Uh. What was the movie that came out where, like, 
the girl, the lady goes, oh, there's a monster. The kid goes, there's a monster under my bed. And then the babysitter, like, looks under the bed, and the girl's like, that's not me. No, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of the movie. Oh, I can't remember the name of that movie either. I don't know what you're talking about. It was creepy. I know what you're talking about. That trailer, like, freaked me out. Oh, for sure. But yeah, here's the stupid thing. I can sit through Ready or Not and have no issue. Because that's it's more it's, horror comedy. It's horror comedy, and I guess that's what I need. We're making fun of the horror movie tropes, not you know what? exacerbating them. It was funny, but there was so much body horror. Was, I disagree. It was more like a flash in the pan kind of thing. Oh, I guess. It wasn't like you were watching Hostel. But here's the whole, the, literally the whole thing I was thinking through the whole movie is like, Huh, I wonder if that guy was actually real or not real, and then at the end you figure out it was... Spoilers! Yeah. <laughs> spoilers! Yeah. I'm gonna scream spoilers for anybody who should go see this movie, because you should, and it's fantastic. Continue. Oh, um, this is one of my biggest fears in the entire planet. I can't move, breathe, speak, or hear, and it's so dark all the time. If I knew it would have been this lonely, I would have been cremated instead. My other favorite one was um, I got tired of waking up to the scratches of scratches on my window. So I finally trimmed that tree yesterday. And then I woke up to find out it was coming from the mirror. Oh. <laughs> That's why we don't own a lot of mirrors. Y'all think I'm crazy, but I am not crazy. There's nothing sweeter than the sound of a laughing child, unless it's 1 a.m. and you live alone. Stop it! (laughs) Growing up with cats and dogs, I got used to the sounds of scratching at my door while I slept. Now that I live alone, it's much more unsettling. I hate both of you at this point. (laughs) I'm not going to sleep at all tonight. I'm going to just be up all night, sitting here, reading my Sojo trash, trying to, like, get back to normal. When I get afraid, I'll put on a Disney movie like Lilo and Stitch. Like <laughs> Lilo and Stitch. That's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. Hawaiian roller coaster ride. <laughs> How loving and caring I'm going to be once I open this door and not kick your. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I like those two sentence horror stories. <laughs> They're fantastic. I don't know if I can add another book because, like, I'm reading the synopsis on Goodreads of that book, mm-hmm. and it does go into a little bit more description. Um, I don't know. Did your did your synopsis state that his next and last victim is Vic's own son? Ooh, no, Spoilers. it did not. It's in the synopsis. But spoilers for the audience. My word. No, it says, Then one day Vic goes looking for trouble and finds Max. What was a lifetime ago, now Vic, the only kid who ever escaped Max's un- unimaginative evil, is all grown up and, dis- and desperate to forget. But Charlie, Max, never stopped thinking about Victoria McQueen. He's on the road again, and he picked up a new passenger, Vic's own son. <sighs> this I, book is just sounding even better. Yeah, I, I'm just, I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know. I feel good about it, however, I don't think I'm going to be able to do three books this month. Yeah. That would be four books for me. 
Well, this is just some stuff to keep in mind as you're going through spooky season. Spooky, spooky. If you guys want to read a spooky book this season, let us know, and hopefully you guys will read Nosferatu because it sounds Mm -hmm. like a really good book, and then you guys can let us know whether or not it's worth our time. Or lock every door. Yes. Or hashtag murder trending. Or hashtag murder trending by... Gretchen McNeil. There you go, girl. Keep telling. Well, now I'm thoroughly wigged out. Thank you, (laughs) Ghost Host and Megan. (laughs) I don't know how I'm ever going to get through anything this Halloween season, but, you know, I'm going to attempt it. I'm going to go watch Hocus Pocus. And if somebody can convince a writer who's really good at writing horror to finally do a novelization of the Silent Hill series, that would be fantastic. Why don't you get Clive Barker on it? Oh, he would be fat. Oh, my God. Is he oh, retired? My, oh, my Lord. He's retired. But mm-hmm. still, if I could convince that man to remake a He's rated a R version of the Silent sense. Hill movies for all of us to enjoy in our gloriousness, hashtag pour some out for the homie Wes Craven, you will be missed. <laughs> he made such fantasticalness. Uh, well, nope. do you have any other tips for horror for us? Yeah. Anything to, like, help us when we're too frightened to turn off the light? No. <laughs> Just live with your fear. Don't, pretty much. Don't dread it. Just enjoy it. Turn on all the lights. It's Let fun. that electrical part of the fun. skyrocket to the max. It's part of the fun. You can't. Oh, no, it's not. It's rule number two and rule number three. Know what you can handle and know what you can't. Okay, I don't think I'm going to be able to handle Nosferatu. I'm di- right. I, I think I'm done. Di- see, by by David's rules, I don't think I could handle abduction. Oh, yeah? I don't think I could do that. I just, that's something that just wigs me out. I feel like I can handle it during the day. It's at night when, like, I'm outside on the front porch watching mm-hmm. the people at the bar, and I'm just going to be like, which one of you is getting abducted tonight? And then my mind is going to start wandering. Oh okay, God. do you ever pass somebody's house, and you're like, I wonder if they have a person in their basement? No! <laughs> no, wait, hang on, I take that back. I take that back, because I think the first year we moved in here, I swore up and down the people across the street from our apartment we're doing some shady shit. You were watching. You were watching one too many Alfred Hitchcock movies. Like I was like, I'm I'm rear windering my neighbor right now. I think he might have killed somebody. But like, no. But really, every once in a while, I'll pass a house, especially if I'm like stopped. Mm-hmm. And I want to say, I was somewhere on 135. I think mm-hmm. I was on my way to Flapjacks. Anyway, that's not important to the story. But I stopped, and there's this house, and I look over, and someone's staring out into traffic from their front window, and all I can think of is, this guy has someone in his basement. I know this guy <laughs> has someone in his basement. Oh my gosh, there's not a lot of houses in that area. No, it's very rural. You could definitely get away with having someone in your basement out there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're describing the plot of Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> oh my god, how... You don't. We I don't, don't even do that. You don't. Yeah. We don't talk about the spooky things that go on around me. We just don't. It's just not we don't. something we're allowed to talk about because everything's already been done in David's book. Just, there are some things that w- I could tell you that would freak you out. You really want to know? Yeah. Have nice <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is one time. I'm gonna go shopping. Bye. <laughs> 
Okay, it, me and David will finish out the podcast. You go have just, fun. Just imagine it. You're laying on your couch in the middle of the night. You don't. You're just dead asleep, and all of a sudden, you just have this weird feeling of being watched in the middle of the night. Out of nowhere. You don't know why. You just. You don't want to open your eyes to look around, and then all of a sudden, you just feel something scratching up against your arm uh. you, you snap away because you figured you're just dreaming unaware only to realize it's about 2.30 in the morning and you have red marks all across your arm or the time my wife jumped up screaming because she saw somebody staring at her through the doorway And Taylor didn't move for shit. She was screaming bloody mur- murder. She saw shadow people one night. Oh that one Taylor drove her nuts. People. Remember when I came into 811 the next day and I told you yeah. about that? And I was like, it looked like the guy from that movie. Yeah. And you're like, what guy from what movie? I had to like give you the description. Well, yes, because you're not very descriptive at first. You were just like, the guy from the movie. And, and I was like, the there's the lots of guys in lots of movies. So, in college, I stayed in Jesse's room, and one night, we wake up, and there's somebody rifling through his desk, and so, like, all we can see is a silhouette, because we have the light from the hallway coming out, but then it's kind of dark against it. Mm-hmm. So, Jesse thought it was his old roommate, Al, and he thought Al was drunk or something, so he's like, Al, you shouldn't be here, and the guy, like, turns around, stares us down, and then bolts out of the room and runs down the hallway. So Jesse puts clothes on and goes and follows the guy. Mm-hmm. And I guess that he had broken into like three rooms that night and was rifling around for like money and drugs and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So I'm just sitting there in the room because Jesse <laughs> didn't turn the lights on when he left. So I'm just sitting there because he closed the door behind him pitch black. I'm just sitting there like. Ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> That's like I make him sometimes get up in the middle of the night and double check when we first moved into the house the bar owner across the street told us that people used to get drunk and go and sneak into our house and i was like great this is awesome so when we door is not proper yeah no well it is it is now but for the longest time the lock was broken on our door so we couldn't lock it ever so it was just real fun thinking that at any point someone could just drunkenly stumble into our house Right? No. No, I just have the weird... Imagine... The the weird shit just happens around me. I'm just so used to it. Numb to it. See, I'm used to things just moving in the house. Like... She's not used to being touched. Things go from, like... I swore I put down the remote on this table. But it's over there on the, the island. See, but when that happens, when that happens, though, you can convince yourself that it was David, because at least you live with somebody or whatever. But, like, can you imagine living alone? Yeah. And just waking up in the middle of the night with, like, scratch marks on you out of nowhere, and you you know full well you weren't doing anything in your sleep. Or my favorite is is the deja vu ones. Those are my favorite. Like... 
Oh, I scared the whole unholy mess out of her and Josh one day. Because of a series he of... went to sleep. I would just... And me and Josh stayed up. And Josh was playing, I think, like Street Fighter or something. You came out of the bedroom... Like, and stood right in the hallway, like, where he normally stands when he tries to be kind of creepy. Yeah. Stood there for a few minutes. Josh notices him. Then I notice him. We're like, and I'm like, hey, what's wrong? Are you okay? And he just, like, starts mumbling shit. And then, like, turns about and goes back in. And we're like, well, maybe it was, the TV was too loud. So we actually mute the TV. Five minutes later, he comes out going, hey, guys, what's up? <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, man? That is the weirdest shit. And she's like, what do you mean? You came out five minutes ago, and I'm... And I'm... Well, he's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just came out. No, honey, you just came out five minutes ago, mumbled something, and turned about face and went back to bed. No, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. And I would do that. I would just have these moments where it, I'm... And I don't sleepwalk. I don't have this problem. Well, apparently you do. But there, I have whole, I, for the longest time, would have whole moments where I am, it's not me. <laughs> what do you mean, it's not you? It's not me. It's, or he thinks it's not him. I was like, it's obviously you. No, because I did, in that example, I was just, I was in the bedroom. I didn't get up. That you remember. Yeah. That he remembers. That's not the one I was talking about. Oh, that I don't remember the 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 you you're not supposed to remember me one remember that oh, one? Oh yeah i scared that. the whole mess out of you and josh that day because yeah. i almost like flipped out on josh what i think that happened like in the same night too no there was a whole another okay so for thing if i'm wigged out by something there is an inherent problem yes would you agree with that I statement? I 100% agree with that statement. So, next thing. Next thoughts. Okay. So, I have this dream where it's just like me pissing around going about my day. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it's like I'm getting up, I'm getting ready to do my day. I'm talking to her about some stuff. And I'm explaining to her this dream I had, this dream I had about this figure I saw and blah 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 I'm explaining all this other stuff oh the inception dream okay and so I labeled it differently and so eventually it doesn't sound like Ashley anymore the thing a thing that I can only describe as this androgynous thing just says that's not right you're not supposed to remember me and I turn around, look at it, and I wake up. Okay? Okay. So, I'm awake, going about my day. Josh is supposed to come over. We're just hanging around, playing Xbox. You know, the usual things me and Josh do when we hang out, right? And I'm explaining to him, man, I had this really weird dream, blah, blah, blah. And I'm explaining it to him. And... And then I'm, I go into the kitchen to get something to drink, and I hear it again. It turn, it was Josh turned into the thing and said, I'm getting sick and tired of this. You're not supposed to remember me. And it, it keeps getting progressively angrier the more I remember about it. 
I wake up and I realize I was still asleep. It's two. Th- it's like two o'clock in the morning. I'm awake and I've as she put it, I've essentially had an inception dream. That is the weirdest. Hold thing on, heard. but wait, yeah, there's more. more. <laughs> so I am going through my day, realizing everything is going exactly the way my dreams were going. All the way up till when I go get a glass of juice. And I'm start telling the story, realize what I'm doing. Telling me the story. Telling them the story because they're on the... No, because Josh was here. I didn't tell you the part I... This is why you don't... Are now realizing I almost flipped out on Josh. Okay. Because Josh thought it would be funny... No. To mess with me. No. I about almost stabbed him. <laughs> like, I'm serious. Like, I went full... You, you almost dropped the glass of juice and, like, was, like... I almost, like, I was gonna break the glass. Because <laughs> I, I, I flipped my lid. Flipped your lid. Oh, yeah, you were home. You're, free, you're trying to calm me down. Yeah, Josh is looking like, what the hell? Down. And I'm having this massive freak out. To the point where you you ran over and you grabbed me and kind of shook me like, you're real, right? You have to be real. You're like, I'm freaking out here. Damn it, Josh. Because you can't you can't dream about a face you've never seen before. Yeah. Like, that is a psychological thing. Yeah. But yet you can mold two faces together that you've seen to create an only face. Yeah. Can you? Yes. Yeah, Google technology proved it or whatever that you can create an entirely new face that doesn't exist. I'm merging two, two people's people together. together. Oh. Now, voices, on the other hand, you cannot. It's if a, you haven't heard it. If you haven't heard it. So the thing is, so the weird thing about that is, is you could have seen multiple people, your brain merged all their faces together, created a new face, and put somebody else's voice on top of that face to make you believe it's somebody else. Entirely different. No, because I've never heard the voice before. It could even be from, like, movies. You have to at least hear something. No, I can't think of a single time with something like that. Maybe you can. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe you can, is what I'm saying. (laughs) No, because if you pair that to a bunch of other spooky shit that just generally happens around me, I'm just kind of like, I'm like the Spongebob meme of the camper on fire. You're just kind kind (laughs) of used to it. This one's freaking out. I'm hearing movement, doors shutting. I'm just like, hey, shut up. I'm trying to sleep. Go away. I'm just like yelling at spooky shit in the middle of the night. Tell them to knock that shit off. <laughs> you tell them, David. You tell them. Well, I got nothing. Yeah, that's all I got. You got anything else, David? Everybody needs to just quit being a wimp and watch horror movies. <laughs> It's Hashtag it's make a horror great again. Jump scares <laughs> or cheap scares. Yeah, I said it. Annabelle's awful. The Nun was awful. Most modern horror movies are awful. Where's the substance, people? Don't turn to me. Horror. I I am in a weird movie. I want jump scares. I'll go to a haunted. You like your black own. and white Vincent Price stuff, and there is nothing wrong with that. There was substance there. Yeah, because there was substance in it. There's not really substance anymore. God. Really good, like. You can't give me an entire movie. horror movie where the only thing that dies is a chicken. 
What horror movie is that? Annabelle Creation. Really? If I'm remembering correctly, yes. The only thing that technically dies is a animal. None of the people. And it's like... Isn't Lolita also one of those that you didn't like? La Llorona? That was dumb. See, the commercial for that looked really good. Yeah, it was... So did The Nun, and we all know how that turned out. Hashtag shitty movie. (laughs) Where's the substance, people? It's the same with books. Where's the substance? Like, for real. Like, don't cheat me out. Like, I need substance. If you guys have any uh, tips or ideas on how to read horror books, or if you have any books of substance that you want to recommend for David, just hit us up at wineanddinepod at gmail.com or at Twitter at wineanddinepod, and just let us know what books of substance you guys are reading. (laughs) How many more times can you throw that in there? Books of substance. (laughs) A lot. All right. All right, guys. Well, I'm Megan. I'm Ashley. I'm David. And this this was Wine Wine and Dine. Dine. (laughs) No, I'm not partaking in that. No.